Oh, do you know what? I actually couldn't find my glasses and they were on my head. This is it. It's the beginning oh, of the end. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, at the moment, at this time of day, I can't, I can't find anything. I can't you can't even my... find your head. I can't find... <laughs> <laughs> I can't find my purpose for living. I can't find anything. Welcome to episode 30-something of the 36. Oh, very good. Is it good? 36 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. Uh, my name's Nick Page. I'm joined this uh, very early this morning by uh, Joe Davis. Good morning. Yeah, how are you? I am very morning, well yeah. indeed, because I'm a morning kind of guy. Why are we doing this so early in the morning, Nick Page? We're doing this early in the morning because uh, God wants to punish me for evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <I> <laughs> uh, and because I have a rich cultural life and I'm a sought-after international speaker, Joe Davis, actually. <laughs> so I couldn't um, do it last night because I was at the theatre and I can't do it tonight because uh, I'm out speaking somewhere. Oh, well. On, sp- on spiritual formation, as we like to call it. Yes, indeed. In fact, we spoke at the same church, which was nice. Not together, because obviously that would be too much. Too much, and not simultaneously. Uh, But on when? Last week? No, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. That was fun, wasn't it? You did a a Saturday. I did the Saturday, when there weren't so many people. When there were only 80 people. (laughs) And I came in on the Sunday to clear up the heresies. (laughs) You would never have had time. I'm like a sort of theological road sweeper following no. you around. You're, yeah. and you're, the, you're the elephant in the parade. Anyway. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, on that note, happy Valentine's yes. Day. Oh, yes, it's Valentine's Day. Thank you. I don't know if I've got a card from a certain bald admirer. <laughs> it's normal. Listen, you know I love you. I or, know, I know. Always have, always will. You're my buddy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so in, Me- in Mexico... Mm. Uh, they, they don't have this as a sort of, you know, lover's day. It's a day, it's called Friendship Day over there. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's an opportunity to, you know, send all your friends cards and or ring up your friends and tell them how much you love them, which is so much better. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, like couples have their anniversaries where they can be all schmooey together. Why, yeah. why have another day a year to especially rub the noses of the single people on the fact that they're single and we're very all schmooey and romantic? I've never really understood that. I well, people have a lot of... People have a lot of cards to sell, don't they? That's well, I suppose, that, yeah, I guess that lies at the root of it, most probably. Yeah. But, you know. We... I mean, I think, interestingly, this year, uh, Valentine's Day today is also Ash Wednesday. <laughs> so there you go. So you could, if you're looking for a nice romantic date tonight, just uh, smear ash on her forehead. Say <laughs> <laughs> so we're... <laughs> We're in, I won't take you out for a meal because we're now entering fasting. Lent and we're fasting. <laughs> I'm going to try that. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a bargain, isn't it? It's got to work. How many people will now not be giving up chocolate because of that? Yeah, think? well, I've always given up Lent for chocolate. That's, that's how I. That's how I rock. Yeah, it's Lent. It's, it's, it's something deeply symbolic about Lent this year, isn't it? Because yeah, it's, it starts on Valentine's Day and finishes at April Fool's Day. Yeah, so there's a, I don't know what message is in there. Uh, I suppose well, uh, anyway, people can work it out. It's but, deep and uh, profound and feel yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're we're about entering Lent, and we might do something on um, uh, Lent and fasting next time. I guess. Yeah, okay, yeah, we could do. Anyway, happy Valentine's Day. I love you. Happy, 
happy Friendship Day. Thank you. Because for me, Joe, every day is Friendship Day. Exactly. Mm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so how are you? Yes, I, I'm all right. I just, well, I'm still struggling with this um, virus thing that I've had mm. for ages. And so it's just still lingering on, but I'm okay. I've been, I've been to the theatre, as we say. I went last night to see uh, The Little Match Girl. She sends her love. And, oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, it, it was a bit. It was good. It was um, lots of sort of physical theatre and puppetry and magical realism kind of stuff. Wonderful. It was, it was quite good. And then on Saturday, uh, I went to see the Kite Runner, oh. uh, which I, which is not exactly a bundle of chuckles. I'll be <laughs> is <honest>. it not? <laughs> no, it's mean, it, it, a surprise. Um, it's a book about. It's very powerful. It's um, from the book about. Um, Growing up in Afghanistan and escaping Afghanistan. Yeah. And um, yes, so that was a bit grim. Yeah. All right. I wasn't. Uh, and since I spent the morning on Saturday clearing the drains, I felt that Saturday was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> could have been on the on the whole, the tone of Saturday could have been a bit lighter. I'll be honest. Whereas, anyway, whereas I had the most amazing weekend with my kids doing truly kiddie things. We went to see our dear friends Tim Vine and John Archer. Uh, ah, to, name drop. Thank to, you. Well, he's your friend too. And in fact, if we're really to name drop, we could say that they used to be on our show back in the day. Was back Tim in the day. Yes, think it was. Was, was he? Yes, they both came on together. Oh, That's how okay. I first met him. Anyway. Uh, he didn't do jokes though in those days, did he? Well, he was quite funny. I mean, he okay. was. In fact, and, and I've got to say, this new tour, which I'd say to our listeners, go and see, but it's sold out. I mean, it is oh. so funny. It is just yeah, brilliant. Uh, anyway, I think he's brilliant. He's so that was brilliant. Friday. So the kids come back for the for the uh, weekend, and we celebrate mm. uh, a dear friend's fortieth birthday, and uh, go and see Tim Vine, John Archer. Then we went to the new exhibit in London, Dinosaurs in the Wild, because my kids, though I like to think of them as ten, actually are thirty and twenty seven, <laughs> but they've always loved dinosaurs. So. Oh, there you are. So this is great. This is like this immersive experience. Where you go in a shop and you go back in time and you wander the land. Oh, it's very good. Very exciting. And then, and this is the bit that will impress you the most. On Sunday, we went to see Paddington 2 at the kiddie showing. I took my kids to see Paddington 2. Oh, splendid, man. It's still around. I really want to see it. It's still on, isn't it? It's still around, just at weekends, but you can see it. Need to see that again. Uh, Yes, and um, on uh, what what were you teaching on at that? Oh, so I, well, I was talking about how do we actually become more Christ-like? You know, just sort of moving beyond mm. the old sit still and pray for a bit and hope for the best. How you mm. actually train <laughs> in the in the ways of Jesus to stop yes. being less mean, less angry, less stressed. So it's actually, it was an introduction to the spiritual disciplines, which is some Great. of the speaking I used to do with Renovari a lot, not so much now. But I actually loved it. I loved speaking at that wonderful church. I won't name drop it, but mm. it was just mm. wonderful, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, and I I spoke on the Bible, which is something you're pretty good at. Well, I I obviously it was actually the sort of first bit after you, wasn't it? It was talking about mm. the the Bible as what they call the word centered life. And, yeah, um, it was good. It was good. Yeah, and yeah. speaking of the Bible, mm. I put something very profound. On our Facebook page. You did. This you did. And people should go and watch it because I, for one, am utterly convinced about this. So, so explain what this is. Well, this is this video of a woman speaking. She's been in prayer for six hours. And so she claims 
God put all this gold dust all in her Bible in three different places, uh, signifying the verses that God particularly wanted to highlight. And I'm going to say no more about it than that, because I don't want to come over as radically cynical, although sometimes it is good to be cynical, frankly. Um, I, on the other hand... (laughs) No, it's... uh... Oh, it's jaw-droppingly stupid. Anyway, <laughs> but, but but fun. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, right, so yes, do go yes. and do go and look. I don't know about you, but I always find God sprinkles gold dust in my Bible all the time. Well, I've I've had oh, to yeah. I've had to ask her to stop because um, <laughs> <laughs> because it was blocking up the Dyson. <laughs> Ultimately, uh, anyway. dear, we should move on. But I would like to say. Um, uh, ha- welcome to all the new listeners. We've got we seem to be picking up um, quite a number of li- new listeners, which shows a, yeah. an alarming lack of um, discretion in people's lives. Um, and it's worth, I suppose, here we are, thirty-six episodes in, just explaining, recapping a little bit on what the show's um, about. If you had to describe this show, Joe Davis, yeah. how would you do it? I'd say, uh, as we uh, said once before, you know, look, what happens when you go to church and you just start that unsettling process of going huh what i'm not sure i believe this am i allowed to question this and you don't know what to do and you don't know where to go and here we are a little group of friends now i i like to think of you all as friends and um and we started this so it was a safe place to explore questions we're not trying to convince anyone we're right and others are wrong we're just simply providing the place where faith can exist with questions i guess Mm. so um it's really a place where you know you can bring whatever you're thinking about it's about i I was viewed as you know uh, it's for for christians who have asked is that it yeah you know is there is there something more than this and uh and it's also a place where we can sort of talk about some of the absurdities i guess and and um and laugh and laugh openly talking of which yeah Anyway, welcome. Sorry, but talking of which, I I was at a ch- occasionally one of the things we mm. talk about are the words of worship songs. Really, I hadn't noticed yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> um, some and, of which gets in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I was at this place the other day. And I'm just trying to remember the words. There was something like this. I was we sang this song, and it's, "I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open." <laughs> There's nothing to hold on to. You're going, I don't think you've understood mountain climbing. (laughs) And I looked at it, it was a genuine worship song. Uh, But I wanted all all through the song, I wanted to sing, I will climb this mountain with my hands wide. <laughs> and I, I just resisted the temptation. Did you actually resist? Because I can't I imagine did, cause that. Because I was speaking there. I mean, yeah, that's going to say the Nick Page of old would never have if had you, that discipline. If you turn around and laugh at the congregation, to, well, you know, just before going up and talking, it's not, it's not approved of. Really. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so we should we should get on now. But welcome, yes. to, welcome to all new listeners, and uh, yeah, this is hopefully you you find a home here. That's uh, yeah, that's great, great. Um, so. Uh, emails. We've got loads of emails. So this week is largely an email uh, week, really, yes. uh, responding to letters. You've got loads of emails. When you, when you say largely, I mean, I think exclusively would be Exclusively, the completely, <laughs> yes. yes. So it, but the good thing about that is it means it has actual content. Exactly. Rather than you and I blathering on. So that's yeah, good. exactly. So, um, so, 
Oh, I meant to say, well, I've got one from my daughter. Am I allowed to read out one from my daughter? Uh, she's great. What you well, you know what? She sent a long one to me, not to the show, just with memories from childhood coming out of the parenting one, um, oh, right. which was just wonderful. So this last That's weekend lovely. with the kids, we just spent talking about memories from childhood, which was a truly wonderful thing. Anyway, um, Sophie was responding to um, the one we did about how to look good sacred. And uh, she sent in a poem. And it's a poem by Rupi. Ooh, should have that name. I'll get it. Um, but it, it says this. It's really, it's short, but just really wonderful. Um, so here it comes. It says, I reduced my body to aesthetics, forgot the work it did to keep me alive. With every beaten breath, declared it a grand failure for not looking like theirs. Searched everywhere for a miracle. Foolish enough not to realise I was already living in one. Mm, lovely. I That's love lovely that. Line, That's great. So That's brilliant. Yeah, thanks, Yeah, for sending that in. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so on with the show. Uh, Ian says, uh, we're continuing to enjoy your podcast and have listened to every single one of them, poor chap. They always provoke some interesting conversation. I was particularly interested in your one about appearance. So, same show. A couple of years ago, I got a job working at a textile company which makes lots of very beautiful products for the luxury market. People pay a lot of money for our scarves. This made me think quite a lot about the creation of beauty and the use of money. At its best, I would say that wealthy people pay for good materials, great workmanship and a lot of labour, creating jobs, in order to create beauty, which is a godly activity. Our products also bring a lot of pleasure to people and this is also a good thing to do. At its worst, luxury, especially branded products, create negative aspirations to be seen as wealthy or fashionable, create unhealthy desires for more and for continual change with inherent wastefulness. They also encourage competitiveness. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts about this slight sideline from where you were. So so I think he was just trying to show the shadow side of that industry. Well, of course, and everything you... Mm. Uh, every product you have has a shadow mm. side in a sense mm. you know um, yeah. uh, things can be either used for good or bad or they can be viewed in a, a, a good and bad way um, I think it's the part of the thing is that as, for those of us coming out of an evangelical kind of Protestant background mm. we've always had a slight suspicion of beauty mm. you know the, yeah, within the Protestant world I mean it's, it goes way back to um Calvin and Zwingli getting rid of the icons and the pictures and all that kind of stuff and and plain whitewashed churches and there's a sense that beauty is somehow dangerous that it can somehow you know pull you away and I think the fact is that's that's a really good point things have things have you know good sides and bad sides and of course these things these objects can be objects of enjoyment and pleasure and that you 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 take pleasure in craftsmanship and quality or they can be one-upmanship and say look what I can afford um, yeah. I always think there's a slight tipping point where over which you you think, well, what am I really paying for here? You know, in terms of uh, yeah. w- there's a point at which you can look at a, a product, for example, and go, well, hang on a minute, that's you're just playing for the label here. You're not paying for anything other than that. Yeah, it's nothing yeah. different. It's just you know, and you Indeed. are paying to advertise somebody else's products, and I think that's a bit odd. Yeah. But yeah, um, I I don't know. You you have to test yourself, don't you, and test your own motives about why you why you buy things, really. And I think William Morris. Sorry, I'll just I'll conclude this. William Morris, the uh, very hairy Victorian artist, he said, "Have nothing in your house that you do not know to be useful or consider to be beautiful." And uh, so you make that 
judgment. He said nothing about. Yeah, but then, your... but then if Rachel got rid of me, I'd be home. I know. I have never wanted to apply that in my house because <laughs> I am neither useful nor beautiful. But, <laughs> yeah. but no, I, you know. No, in you other words, are it's about you. Do Nick. you? You're no, you're beautiful, man. Anyway, yes. um, no, you know, it's it's like, well, what's look around you? What's do you know? Something is useful. Uh, do you know, or do you do you think it's beautiful to have? And then. That's that's. Yeah. I think that's a fairly good. He didn't say have yeah. nothing in your house that you do not consider yeah. to make you one up over the neighbours. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. No, it's good. So anyway, yeah, and I think all, all I'd add to that, Ian, is I think as is so often the way as you alluded to, you know, the, the church often has a very negative um, attitude. So we're just trying to put the other argument, but then I guess it can look one sided, like we swung the pendulum, you know, too far the other way. But yeah, of course, yeah. there is vanity we, in that industry well we are yeah. incredibly vain as you can tell from <laughs> exactly anyway okay moving on so we've got another one from nick and i'm going to call this nick three um because oh, this okay. is not the same as the two nicks from the other one oh. and uh he says this he says as a busy business owner and family man i find time as i'm lying in bed to listen to your bickering and musing on issues of life and faith as a previous minister i work hard to find ways to connect faith in ways that are authentic and for this, I thank the two of you. The lighter approach and the way you two, the two of you will not always agree with such things brings an edginess to what you do. OK, so the truth is there is something hypnotic about your podcasts. And as a man who carries levels of stress, I always find I sleep deeply once I put on your <laughs> podcast and wake up through the night with the dulcet tones of Joe and Nick as my podcast goes back through week by week, month oh. by month. I'm sure this was not your intent when you, a year ago you started these podcasts. I've lost my place in church for now and I've found a home with your bi-weekly podcasts. I do listen to them, I promise. And as a byproduct, a sleep remedy. <laughs> Keep up the good work, chaps. We won't always agree, but we'll love the banter, the grappling, the efforts to make sense of life and faith. <laughs> How lovely. There's a backhanded uh, compliment. Well, surely we are the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> and I'd just like to say, I'd just like to say if you're asleep at the moment, Nick, send Nick Page money. Send Nick Page money. There you are. I've just implied your <laughs> suggestion. Well done. Inception. No, I was excellent. How do you view it when, when you're preaching? Yeah, when you're preaching or speaking, do you and people fall asleep in the congregation? I always thought, oh, bless. Yeah, yeah I was. Uh, I was because I, I'd quite like to take a nap when I'm talking. Yeah. You know, sometimes what you've often talked about the spiritual discipline oh, yeah. of sleep. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I do. And uh, and if ever I get to speak after a lunch time. Uh, which, mm. you know, for some reason, people will put me on in that slot. <laughs> I always say to people, <laughs> yeah, please feel free to go to sleep. Yes, yes probably yes. what God wants you to do. Well, I think that's probably one of the most useful things the podcast has done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We do have a role. OK, Greg says, I stumbled across Midfaith on iTunes a few months ago, and without getting into the whole debate about whether or not God directly intervenes, and I will, I couldn't help but think that finding your podcast at that time that I did was very much a God thing. Yeah, in inverted commas. Then lots of good stuff. Uh, he finishes with, I'm not entirely sure what the point of my email is, but I've been meaning to write to you for ages just to tell you how comforting it is to be hearing people who moan about people who moan about church but don't want to leave it and ultimately want to do something to change it for the good because often you feel like you're the only person in the world who feels that way because Christians are always so smiley. <laughs> not after they've heard us speaking, Greg. But that's... An, no, that's not, I, not at this time in the morning either. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice that I mean both those emails sort of allude to the fact that people sort of mm. can sometimes feel a bit isolated and again for those who are t sort of new to tuning in the idea is this is a safe place and in a, in a strange little way a little community albeit you mm. only get to hear us banter mm. okay so as it's an email special why don't you do one 
I know yeah. this isn't your oh, territory yeah. normally. No, because <laughs> I came down here at this time to sit here. Anyway, anyway, here we go. No, I will. This is from Gareth, <laughs> and he says, uh, Following the last pod, I just wanted to comment, but first a disclaimer. I'm not a parent yet. I'm a youth worker, though. And I'm only 28. What are you listening to this for, Gareth? So still remember my <laughs> teens and childhood fairly well. From what I experienced and seen, the best thing I can say to parents is to give them time. Uh, just spend loads of time with children. I remember not a single Christian teaching from my parents, but I do remember loving being with them and being part of their faith journey right. and then being part of my faith journey. I also remember being part of a church with them and I remember watching them living in a way because of their faith that I wanted to aspire to. Often people say I'm not worried about telling people about my faith, but I like to show them. Sometimes I think this is what people say because it gets them out of the scary idea of talking about what they believe. But I think it's something that absolutely holds true with children. And he also talks a bit about the importance of church and finishes uh, with this little line. Hope this is helpful. If not, burn it or better still be with your children as they burn it. Many thanks. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah, uh, it's it's so true. I mean, and there was a bit of a phase. I don't think it's so popular now. You know, quality time is mm. what counts with your kids, not quantity time. And I, I never agreed with that because how do you how do you just filter out all the quantity time and just end up with quality time? Mm. How, mm. how is that even possible? Don't you doesn't doesn't life determine that you spend quantity and then amidst all that quantity you get a bit of quality isn't that the same in any relationship you can't just say i'm just going to have the good bits of a relationship with you yes, yes. I, I don't want any of the dreariness or the mundanity of it we're just gonna we're just gonna cream off the good bits yes and i suppose what they're talking about there is they're saying well you know don't just it's like being in a room with other people where everyone's on their phone. <laughs> yeah. You are sort of Modern life. Time. Yeah. You are spending time with each other, but it's hardly yeah, of high quality. True. But I, I agree. You don't know which bits of the time you're going to spend with your kids are going to be the quality time that they remember. Yeah. You know, you like to think it's the bit where you sit them down and talk about total depravity and the truth of Calvinism. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out it was going to the chip shop. And I think sometimes uh, Christians, you know, well-intentioned Christians, and I think this is probably more a thing, again, I fear to say it, for men rather than women, but they, they sort of read those bits in the Bible that seem to imply love for God above anything else, including love for family. So I've, I've known people, you know drag their families all over the country and create huge resentment out of a sort of real earnestness Mm. a zealousness for god and you know it's kind of honorable in one way except that theologically i'm of the opinion how you demonstrate your love for god is how you love those around you and those closest to you particularly and especially your kids Mm. Mm. yeah i don't think it's uh, so that is love for god but there we go yeah well, and 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 sort of bits of the Bible, like one John, talk all about that. That you, unless you love one another, you you're not. But that's you know, lo- loving God, and so it's it. You know, I I don't think I think it's much more messy than that. People like they. I I've heard that a lot as well. You know, first and foremost, God, and then your family, and then your so as if you can somehow rank the affections in your life in that way, as if anybody ever ever really does that. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so we've had another email in from Pete who says, I was listening to your podcast whilst doing my Sunday morning spiritual exercises. Okay, less spiritual, more plain exercise since I was at the gym. However, uh, since we know that everything is spiritual, a nod to your Californian claptrap there. I think that's mine rather than yours, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Let's cut to the important. Anyway, he's talking about kids. 
and his kids are older now. He says, we are now all adults together. So I started asking him the question, so tell me, what was it like being raised in a Christian household? And so they and then he, he continues through the email to talk about, um, you know, some of the things they did out of their zealousness, like, you know, they, they kind of banned certain mm. toys and they didn't. And, and now he's gone back and bought them those toys for Christmas. Oh, fantastic. And, he, and he finishes just by saying, let your children in, express your doubts to them if it's appropriate. It won't necessarily derail their fledgling faith to see their parents grappling with issues. It will probably make for a more authentic, genuine and bona fide faith for everyone in the family. And then he says, keep casting your pod. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, yeah, I think email. there's a bit of wisdom there uh, yes. in terms of being authentic with kids because they sniff out, you know, BS, don't they? They, they yes, know they what's do. real yeah. to parents and what isn't. And, and I like the idea of being able at some point to, be, to look back and be honest and say, look, we made a load of mistakes. Yeah. We were trying to... Because everybody... You know, yeah. I, I genuinely think, apart from some, you know parents who have got some issues and problems most people they love their kids and they're trying to do the best yeah. for them and yeah. they pick that best from all around yeah. they kind of look at what other people do and they think oh perhaps i should do that or they're trying to muddle through and and you you're trying to help your children in yeah. the best way but sometimes you look back and you go why on earth did i emphasize that bit or why yeah. you know why yeah. did i do that exactly. anyway shall i anyway. do one yes because uh, i hear you crying where are the women exactly where are the women where where are the where are the women anyway so uh, we've got a few uh, emails this is from helen uh, she says um hello joe and nick still enjoying your podcast so thank you for continuing to make us laugh and see things in a different way yeah not necessarily a good way helen. <laughs> um uh, she says um uh, well um she has that book you talked about Yes. You know the book that you talked about uh, yes, last indeed. week? I didn't realise this. I thought it was some ancient book. No, it's a new but, book. Right. It's beautiful. And she says, I've certainly been rather uncertain about some of the contents, but our four-year-old loves it, so we keep going with it. There's a whole yeah. section about Jesus in his life, which is a good start for small children. Well, that you know, so that's yeah. good. So we yeah. probably I was probably too yeah. mean about that. But um, anyway, yeah. uh, there we go. Anyway, uh, she talks about how the book um, sort of represents a lot of what people get told in church. Uh yeah. And she says, I think people just don't take the time to question it as it's seen as fundamental to the Christian faith. As you've said so many times, though, once you start to question these things out loud, you can get some interesting and unhelpful responses. So it's no wonder we keep them to ourselves. So why do we keep going to church, she said. I think it's so that our children have a sense of belonging and acceptance at church, even if I am doubting faith. I know church is a place where my children are loved and cared for in a wider community, and we receive support as parents as well. And she Goes on to recommend some other books. Um, Stories Jesus Told by Nick Butterworth, a 60-minute book by Rob Parsons. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And she talks about the Grace Dice. And she says, Nick mentioned the Grace Dice a while ago. <laughs> yeah. and I couldn't stop laughing as we had that exact same dice when we were growing up. <laughs> My sisters and I thought it was a bit naff and made up silly tunes to the words. However, we remember it and made family memories. So that's got to be a good thing. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I'm very grateful for that email because i i guess you know i thought as well that it's it's, sometimes you do get cynical particularly when there's gold dust appearing in everyone's bibles uh direct i am not cynical about that (laughs) i believe but cynicism on the whole i know people can talk about healthy cynicism and understand that but cynicism on the whole doesn't move you forward 
it tends to actually make you angry. And I think it's a really important thing in the whole mid-faith crisis thing. If you're in that stage of the mid-faith crisis where you're just kicking against, you're just angry, you're just going, oh, that's so stupid, or these songs are so rubbish and pathetic, or this is so... this. If you're still angry about all those things, you've got energy, but it's not... It's not a, a focused energy that's going to move you through, through the mid-faith crisis. You've just got oppositional energy that's just going to keep you stuck in a rut where you're going to go around going, this is so stupid, or these people, why don't they see this? And actually, I think part of growing, growing through the questioning is going, it's OK that I used to believe that, and it's OK that others still believe that, and I'm not going to diminish them or rubbish their stage of faith, because I was once at that stage but there's a progression through and a movement through and I think that's true for kids as well actually in in their you know journey of life they have all the rules at the beginning and it serves them well but then they learn to question the rules and then they learn there's flexibility and our faith I think is is so like that so um yeah if if we if we gave it too much of a hard time uh, last time uh then you know forgive us because actually whilst we would disagree quite strongly with some of the images of god those those stages portray we recognize that, that they're just part of the stages yeah i've been reading uh or rereading for the umpteenth time gerard hughes book um god of surprises have you have you ever read that? no i haven't no it's a fan you'd love it it's a fantastic book okay came out in the sort of mid 80s was one of the first books about the 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 sort of inner life, the importance of the inner life, and looking at your own life and reflecting mm. on it, and about stages of uh, faith. Mm. And he he talks about three stages of faith in his book. He talks about the the first stage is an institutional stage right. where you need all the rules and you need yeah. you need the church with all its doctrine and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And the second stage is an intellectual stage, which you question yeah. everything, you know, and you you start to sort of question a lot. And he sort of that's like the teenage rebellion kind of stage, yeah. and then the third stage is a mysticism stage. He talks about, but the okay. point mm, I want to make yeah. out of that, um, the point I want to make out of that is, he says you don't necessarily want to leave all the other stages behind. No. You know, the, 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 his point is, you, do, you there's still a role for the institutional yeah. church. There's still a, there's, and there's certainly a role for questioning, and there's still a role for all of that. And I would say that even in the stuff I look back on. And uh, you know the the the, the 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 my my upbringing. I think that's part of it, and I try and look on it with um with a bit of um gratitude, really, for for where it's brought me, uh, really. And so, yeah, I think I think that's I think that's true. And and I think children and church that that is one of the great great things about church. The church does more youth and children's work than virtually any any other place except schools. You know, that's it. It just and it does mm. provide such a fantastic environment often um mm. i know so many uh, parents who who continue going to church because of the children you know mm. and they want them to experience that so yeah mm. good mm-hmm. okay right well moving on uh so uh, uh we got an email from roxana who says this uh, dear joe and nick i enjoyed listening to episode 35 in which you talked about parenting you shared some valuable thoughts on christian parenting blah 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 and particularly how do you nurture faith in your kids when you have doubts she accuses us of possibly veering off course a tiny bit from that uh, question can, can i just say <laughs> i object to that she says that yes i think you veered off course a tiny bit from the questions raised by two of your listeners i don't think we veered off course because i think we avoided them entirely 
Exactly. You can you can only so you can't veer, veer if you <laughs> yeah. You can't veer if you've never been on course. <laughs> Good point. Thank you. So Roxana, got out. We're not going to yeah. read the rest of the email. No, we are. Yeah. <laughs> okay, she says. I agree that we should continue to teach our children the things that we are sure, are particularly the truth that God loves them and that they're special to Him. I would also say this: Do keep wrestling with your doubts and questions, and don't give up. Don't stop going to the church, or your children will think it's unimportant, and they will also be tempted to give up. Do pray with your children because that blesses both you and them. I've enjoyed discussions with my six-year-old son, and I think it's important to listen to his ideas, to be honest about my uncertainties, and not to give him trite answers. Yeah. Already, the question has come up: Why hasn't God answered my prayer? And she goes on that you know those are great questions to wrestle together with. So I think both yes. Pete and Roxana are encouraging that kind of honesty with children about the faith journey and about stages you know one of the big things you have to learn as you go through life is honesty i think you know yeah. it's just being honest with people and honest and honesty with your children is just part of that yeah. really we we put up so many uh, you know appearances and, and wear so many masks and and it's ha- for for the children it's about you know yeah. what's the right level at what's the right time but but yeah Yes, no, and I, I want to say something about Father Christmas here. So I'm going to be careful because I don't want to give away trade secrets about Father Christmas if listeners are listening right, I'm not going to with, listen. with young children now. But if you are listening with young children, you might just want to sort of turn this down a little bit. Uh, I'll be careful. Um, but um, I was reading Margaret Silf, actually, who's a, a wonderful writer, and she, she just makes that point about Father Christmas. And I, was, I, was, I saw a thread on... Um, uh, on Facebook before Christmas, and it was you know some well-intentioned Christians going, you know, how can people teach their children about Father Christmas? And you know, this is a terrible thing, and blah 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 for reasons that I won't go into. And uh, she makes the point that we're we're so afraid sometimes of these mythological stories, but actually there's there's some really important truths in that story that are helpful. And what lies at the basis of these stories about is about giving. And about giving in secret and about blessing. And that these are all really good things about that narrative, about mm. the Father Christmas narrative. There's some, there's some real beauty in that. And there's some stuff that is cohesive and good for families and traditional that ties you into a long tradition. And sort of it was interesting to hear her pointing out all the virtues of that story. Mm. And and I think it's same about true of the earlier stages of our faith journey you know we we believe all this stuff you know so literally and we hang on to it so tight and we don't want to think of it as mythological as we have a very literal interpretation of everything and and then when that starts to disperse because we've started asking questions you're tempted to think oh how can i have believed in that but actually there's truth hidden in there that is so good that you wouldn't ever want to lose it's just mm. you've got a new understanding of it so don't despise the earlier stages of faith because they served you well. And don't despise a child's simple faith and don't despise the simple faith you used to have. Just sort of accept that you've transcended it a bit now and you're including it in a in a bigger understanding. Great. I think that's really helpful. Yeah, yeah. I so. Um, so I am now wanting to go back to bed. which is a shame because i've got a full working day in front of me (laughs) well Um, i want to say thank you to all the listeners who wrote in and uh, we really appreciate all the emails and i know we haven't read them all but thank you so much if you wrote in and we didn't read out it's just that it was similar to another one but please keep writing to us joe at midfaithcrisis.org um you are not alone and we're very grateful for your support and following of the podcast Indeed, and these kind of questions and, and emails are really 
sort of why we do it. Um, and okay. uh, yeah, so a couple of things more just to, to talk about. One is uh, how's things happening with the week for the bewildered? Oh, well, thank you. We I, should talk about that. I rung Lee Abbey uh, this week, and uh, there are still spaces left. You'll be surprised to hear it hasn't sold out yet, but it, it but it is what? selling. It's, it's not empty. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Incredibly, but we reckon it's quite hard for people to take a week off. So yeah. I think there's still about. 30 spaces he was telling me right, okay. although okay. they will go to the other course that's running if we don't fill them so yeah. we want to make sure so yeah. we're, mm. we're in deep mm. competition exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we would love to meet people that's the point isn't it yes so, and and it is great uh, yeah. the other thing encouraging thing is when you go you do a speaking thing and you mention mm. the podcast and, and the one person in the room I had this at a men's breakfast the other day I went yeah. and did a men's breakfast on Dark Night and I mentioned the podcast and one person in the room went woo <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. so I'm sorry so I don't wonderful. think I got to speak to you afterwards whoever you were but that was a splendid thanks moment. for the woo <laughs> thanks for that woo anyway uh, yes so um, yeah thank you very much for listening in we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, with, an, with another episode we look forward to uh, speaking to you then yeah, and belated happy friendship day. Ah, oh, happy friendship day. Mm-hmm.